Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together, we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Hello, boys and girls. Welcome in to the Boys and Girl Podcast with Cowboys NFL Network reporter Jane Slater and NFL Network producer Bobby Belt. A Cowboys community with the inside scoop on the Dallas Cowboys. Now, coming straight to you from the Lone Star State, here's Jane and Bobby. Oh, there's a cat. A black cat has taken the field. A black cat is running from the 20 to the near side, the 10. I don't know. I'm staying away from him. I'm allergic to cats, so uh, <laughs> I don't know. I wasn't throwing the black cat in the middle of the game. I thought about that. I definitely thought about that. I guess uh, I guess we'll start rolling now that the Black Cat's coming in bad for the Giants. So uh, who knows? Uh, fun first time, I guess, I've seen an animal run on the field that I've been a part of. And the Cat runs into the end zone. That is a touchdown. Well, I know everyone wants to talk about the game, Bobby, but I still can't stop talking about this Black Cat. I know. It's so great. It's honestly like... You know, the Cowboys on, on primetime football, we always get something really great. You remember in Oakland a couple of years ago, we had the uh, the note card for the first yes. down, and now we get the black cat. It's This is why the Cowboys are on primetime television so much. This is just the type of energy they bring. And my absolute favorite quote had to have come from Jerry Jones on 105.3 The Fan on Tuesday morning when Sean Sharif, one of my buddies here in the market, asked Jerry Jones... What did he do with the cat? I've had that cat uh, in a, a big, uh, uh, dark space in that stadium, uh, <laughs> maybe ever since uh, Jimmy Hoffa was built <laughs> ostensibly at the end. Well, that was the old stadium. But I've had that cat back in the deep, dark spots of that stadium for years, just waiting for him to came, come out. And uh, when I saw it going so uh, seemingly uphill for us, I told Rosie to go down and, and uh, unchain him and get him out on the field. So uh, 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 Rosie was scared of him, too. You know, he was such a wicked-looking cat. I caught him glaring at me, and I turned away, and I was a half a football field away. That was a scary cat. <laughs> can, he get, can he get into the suite for Sunday night against the Vikings? Is the Cowboys good luck charm? <laughs> hey, somebody else is going to ha- have to handle that cat because uh, <laughs> he looks dangerous to me. 
And now that Janet Jackson song, Black Cat, is just absolutely stuck <laughs> in my head. I can't get it out of there. I feel like, you know, if the NFL, not that they're suffering in terms of ratings, Bobby, mm-hmm. but if they wanted to make this thing interesting, periodically just drop a, a rabid animal I, onto the field. I, I mean, goodness. So they're coming out with that show here soon. It sounded like a man versus bear. And I mean, people are going to be tuned into that. I think if you just mixed it up a little bit. and You know, hockey, they throw out the octopus or yeah. the squid onto the ice. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that if you want to make things interesting, if you want to take this sport to another level in such a competitive market, you just release, you know, random domesticated animals <laughs> onto the field. I think that's a great way. That was a terrifying cat. Quick sidebar. I hate cats. Can you agree? Are you a cat person? I uh, cats are okay, but like I mean, to me, the bigger thing is like I have the worst allergies with cats. Like, oh, like terrible! I got allergy tested one time. That was I was off the charts, and they were like, "Yeah, you can't even be around those, or else you won't be able to function." Well, as a child, I coveted this idea of having a cat, so my parents obliged, and they got me Lucy. Well, Lucy would always try and sleep in bed with me, but Lucy would literally claw my feet out at night. So now every time I'm around a cat, I have this like. It's a, like a legitimate anxiety that I get that this cat is going to claw my feet and my eyes out. So I, I just physically can't be around cats. And that's why I loved when Demarcus Lawrence went out uh, and basically said what I wanted to say using the four letter word, the expletive to explain his thoughts on cats. The first thing that crossed my mind, no joke, is like, they got bad luck now. It just turned on them, you know. Um, so I was like, man, the game over. Like, if a black cat runs on the damn foot field in it, in a on a uh, Monday night football game, a black cat, like you might want to call it quits, bro. Like y'all luck is terrible. So um, yeah, it was just bad luck, um, and yeah, that was it. Or good luck. I, I hate cats too, so it's. Hurry up and get this cat before it gets to me, you know. See, and we're we're not just here, you know, to to service you guys with football. This is also going to be a space where Jane can explore deep seated childhood issues and and things you I know, should get, have gone to yeah, therapy. Yeah, yeah, like, you know, this this That's opens a, up an opportunity. I have a laundry list of things I should have gone to therapy for. I yeah, know why. yeah, I think the as we peel the curtain back as it pertains to the show, they'll understand. There's a lot of issues that I have. Next week, we're going to get into Jane's art project when she was eight years old and why she can <laughs> no longer eat apples. <laughs> But no, overall, I think, you know, for the Cowboys, this Talking was a, a big apple. Yes. Yeah. Speaking of the big apple, you know, this was a, a game that I think was really it, it was when this game started out before the black hat. Everybody's talked about it from the black hat on the Cowboys outscore them 34 to nine, which you better believe I am tracking next week. I'm praying for a shutout so that we can say since the black hat came along, the Cowboys haven't allowed a touchdown. You love you some I know, I know I need a trend. I really do. And and it's funny. You look at this trend, uh, the Twitter account at Cowboys Stats, which is a good one to check out, Cowboys Stats and Graphs. They had the win probability chart, and the very bottom of the Cowboys win probability chart in this game was right when the cat came on the field, and it went up from there. And so, you know, they, they definitely got some good voodoo from the cat, as you could hear uh, Dak Prescott in the open talking about a little bit. And, you know, D-Law on that clip we just played a second ago saying, you know, Black Cat on Monday Night Football, you might as well go home. Like, Giants were done at that point. And so it, it and was, it was real. If you look at it, the way that the game swung after that, Bobby, NFL Network had this great graphic where they pulled up. Since 520 in the second quarter, which is when that Black Cat made the appearance, mm-hmm. the Cowboys ended up scoring 34 points put up 284 total yards, 111 rushing yards. And then in contrast, when you look at the Giants, they only produced nine points, 
165 total yards, just 58 rushing yards, and they turned the ball over three times. Yeah. That's uh, real. That's a rally cat. You know what I, you know what I can say, though? We sit here and we make these jokes about, you know, the cat and, and how that changed things. I will say that there is something to the idea of a game being suspended for a period of time, though. Absolutely. That, that can break a rhythm. You saw a couple of years ago, the Cowboys were hanging in it. They looked... Like they were going to be, you know, they're going to have a decent game against the Denver Broncos. And then I don't know if you remember, there was that thunderstorm that came through and it delayed the game by an hour and they came out and they got shellacked. And so there is something about breaking rhythm. And, you know, the Giants had pulled some momentum. Cowboys had turned the ball over. Uh, You know, Dak Prescott didn't look great. You had some drops and and the defense was uh, allowing some plays here and there. You had the, the great Golden Tate catch down by the goal line. And I think there is something to the idea, as much as we're joking about this, there is something to the idea of this broke the rhythm a little bit for the Giants. And the Cowboys certainly needed that because as I'm sitting there watching the game, I felt like the Cowboys were reverting back to their old ways. That slow start, the boneheaded errors. You know, I know that that pass to o- that opening drive. Mm-hmm. That initial play was intended for Michael Gallup. It was a slant. Yeah, it was. A, it was an RPO. He was. He had the option to hand off to Zeke and ended out to be, right in Bethea's hands. And mm-hmm. you thought to yourself, "Here we go." But you know, to your point, it was. This was a situation where Dak had told us a couple of weeks ago, "We need to just get our minds set that we're f- down two touchdowns." Well, <laughs> they were able to sort of reset the clock and sort of play from behind after that black hat situation. Absolutely. And and you saw, it's. I, I made this point on social media, it felt a lot like the Green Bay game only against a worse opponent. Like the Green Bay game had the same sort of issues and it's just Green Bay was able to take advantage of those to the fullest, whereas the Giants... They're, they're still a young team. They're they're not one of the better teams in the NFL. They've still got their issues. And so I do think that, you know, there were some issues. And, in fact, it was something that Jason Garrett actually talked about after the game. He as It was interesting. As much as he was praising his team and uh, was excited for the victory, and, and we know that he can be a little vanilla at times, it was good to hear actually his postgame comments right here. That's what the NFL is. Okay, it's 60 minutes. And we got plenty to clean up in all three phases of our team. I thought we hurt ourselves too much in this ball game. We beat ourselves more than they beat us. Okay, but the will that we have on this football team is off the charts. The spirit that you guys play with, the toughness that you play with, the determination you play with, okay, we can build on that. We're going to clean the other stuff up. Okay, just keep being that. That's who we are. And you can hear it there that Jason Garrett is frustrated with, you know, he, he's not going to be Debbie Downer. He's not going to style point of victory. Uh, it was Micah Hyde from the Buffalo Bills this week, who after the Bills went to six and two, said, I, I'm done apologizing for winning ugly. We're winning games and I'm not going to apologize for that. We had a losing record last year. I think that's sort of the same place that Jason Garrett's at. But he also does recognize the further we get into this tough back half of the schedule, this isn't going to fly. We're not going to beat better teams like this. You know, we can get away with this at times, but we got to stop shooting ourselves in the foot. We got the talent to hang with anybody in the league as long as we're not causing our own problems. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs. I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay. So you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs. Yeah. Like check out these hair. Pl- I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. <laughs> hey, hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you know do that with everyone you meet? try to act like they, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. 
you think he should be required in all interviews to say, look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot? Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard. But All right, so what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. And Ezekiel Elliott has even brought that up. And you can even sense his frustration. One of my favorite cutaways that has become sort of viral in a gif was him showing his absolute frustration to see Saquon Barkley when, you know, when he went and broke yep. that one off. They are shooting themselves in the foot. And I think that's what's so maddening as someone who covers this team and also for the fan base. On paper, this team has so much talent. I mean, yep. go down the list. You have all of these guys that have the potential to score for you that are threats. You know, we've been talking about this team in the last couple of years, pick your poison. But because they're getting off to these terrible starts or they've got these penalties that are negating touchdowns, look at the Randall Cobb touchdown yep. that, that got called back. They're putting themselves in these in these situations where you find yourself evaluating this team and saying you still don't know what to make of them because even though they were able to pull away from the Giants, I don't know if, and look, there's no moral victories in sports, right? But a win is a win. But it's still a team that had a shoddy defense that initially was sort of shaming your offense yeah. just to start the game. And then you look at the way you've got this young rookie quarterback in Daniel Jones who was turning turning over the ball. You sh- this, it felt like the Cowboys should have had a bigger gap in this game early on, and that, that score should have reflected that. Yeah, and I mean, in, in the end, they did. Of course, they win this game by, you know, 18, 19 points or 19 points, and so in the end, it, 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 it balanced out a little bit. And that's the thing. We're still asking that question. And, you know, we're we're at the midway point of the season and we're no closer to this answer than when we were asking it after the Philly game because the Giants game, again, didn't tell us a whole lot. I think this team's identity is they come into games, as much as we like to say that this team has never quit on Jason Garrett, that is a big thing. They always play hard for him. They are not always prepared. And I think that is something that people are just going to have to come to terms with. There is a a bit of a readjustment that they need in the game to kind of say, oh, let's wipe away the cobwebs and And, and I don't refocus. know where, where that, that's coming from. Is that the coaching staff not getting them prepared? Or is it, as Jalen Smith would lead us to believe a couple of weeks ago, that these are day of errors? In other words, it's the players that are not executing the plays. I think last night it was very clearly there were execution issues. I mean, they were doing some creative things. They had Pollard on a wheel route to the end zone. Uh, you know, they had some big plays to Randall Cobb and Michael Gallup that were negated by fumbles, penalties, and drops. 
Um, and, you know, you had, and I know he got hurt on the play, but you had Amari Cooper catching that big play in space and then immediately slips and falls down. And so, I, I mean, there are execution issues for them. They were putting themselves in good position. Dak Prescott's throwing an interception to a guy directly in front of him. I, I mean, it's it's silly things like that. I, I think it is just, you know. And it was interesting when you talk about that particular play. Jason Garrett was asked about that this morning on 105.3 yep. The Fan. You know, what was he seeing there and the fact that he responded that he that Dak essentially thought he could throw it over him. Well, actually, and we can play that clip right here because I think it, is, it was actually a really good explanation from Jason about what the play was and what he saw. And so we can play that clip right now. Initially, you know, they were showing a shell coverage and then 41 came down as if he was going to be an aggressive run defender. And I think that's what Dak saw right prior to the snap, that he's going to come in and fit the run from the weak side of the defense. And then he went into his play action, play action fake, and then he stopped and kind of backed up and then popped up. You know, so so oftentimes, uh, you know, you get an indicator right before the snap. You kind of go through it, and your expectation is that guy was going to continue. And he felt like he could just throw it around him or over him based on what he had seen. And then, unfortunately, the guy made a really good play. So, yeah, Jason Garrett basically says it there that the pre-snap read was he sees Bethea coming down. It looked like he was going to aggressively play the run. So when Dak goes to that play fake and turns and throws, it's then it's right in front of him. And so it was just – it was a savvy veteran move, honestly, from Antoine Bethea to kind of step up, creep up, and then drop back. Um, you'll see, you know, defenders do that a lot where they're, you know, attempting to sell one thing and then at snap they, they turn and uh, run the other direction. It was actually – Something that uh, last year in the Seattle game when Golden Tate hit them for the – or not Golden Tate, when um, Doug Baldwin hit them for the big 50-yard touchdown, that was an issue where the Cowboys tried to do the same thing. They brought Kayvon Frazier up, tried to make it look like a blitz, and he just didn't have the ability to get back and into position. That was one of the things the Seahawks had told everybody we knew from Chris Richard's hand signals what was happening there and that we were going to have it. And so that's something you see a lot, and it's just Antoine Bethea being the veteran that he is – successfully played Dak a little bit. And I think at the end of the day, we need to remember that this is still a young football team. As much experience as they've had together, and they, they've they been through a lot of, you know, big-time games with each other, at the end of the day, they are still a young football team. They are a young football team, but you also have got Dak. has got four years of experience now. Ezekiel Elliott, four years of experience. This offensive line has been together four or five years together. Mm-hmm. At what point are we anointing them as veterans of sorts? Because I, you also do a lot of veteran leadership this year. Jason Witten, Sean Lee. Uh, now you've got Michael Bennett on this yep. roster. Byron Jones, uh, a part of this group. So, I mean, I agree with you in some respect, but for me it's still sort of maddening because I don't think you can point to any one thing other than a, fail, a failure to execute. And whether that's the coaches not getting them ready or whether that's the players themselves not being ready, on paper you'd like to believe that this team is successful. That's And we saw it with our eyes. It was the eyeball test at, at camp, but it just hasn't translated against teams that I feel like they should have pulled away from and and you should be seeing the results of what we think this team is capable of. I, I think we've seen on both sides of the ball in just about every game flashes of them being an elite team. And it's just in the games that they flashes. They've, flashes I think yes. that's, that's a and, good way to describe it. And so I, I think it's just inconsistency. Right now their biggest demon is inconsistency. If they can iron out some of those issues. I mean, we remember... You know, Michael Gallup, who, if, according to Fox Sports, is tied for the league lead in drops. Remember, he's a second-year player who's missed some games due to injury. I mean, he's still 
relatively young. Uh, you've got a Mar- you've got Randall Cobb who's had some issues. Well, you, you know, even though he's a veteran, he's still he's working with a new quarterback for the first time in his eight year career. He's got an, a new offense that he's working into. And remember that we're this is a brand new experience. As much as it's been good for Dak, and I think we've seen some positive development, I think there are still some growing pains. With you have a new offensive scheme with Kellen Moore, and more than that, you have fans somebody are not else. Like these excuses, nobody you can just you, rattle off the list here, Bobby. I, I, I but will. Fans are not going to like these excuses when it doesn't translate in the postseason. It doesn't, and, and it's not going to matter. But I think, and that I think. That's the thing. I think their hope is these things are going to, these growing pains are going to be out by the time they get into the back half of the schedule. I think, again, the only thing that is encouraging for me about this team, aside from the fact that I do think this is a talented group, if they can just get it together, is just how resilient they are. Yeah. The way that they play for each other and the way they play from behind, the way they play after three straight losses, uh, it's the way that this team manages to galvanize that I think is very indicative of, of, of a team that can be elite. Yeah, there's Those a- are the type of teams that can overcome adversity and go for a run. I mean, you look at the Eagles the year they won the Super Bowl. I mean, look at all the adversity they had leading up to, to that. Right. I mean, they lost several players. They lost their, lost their starting tackle. They lost their starting quarterback. Uh, you know, they were going up against the the demigod in NFL circles and Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, and, and they overcame it all. I just continue to look at this team and the way they played this year, and I keep asking myself, is this a team that is capable of knocking out a team like the Saints and like the 49ers? Yeah, I think they are. I, I do. I, I, I think they – and the, the problem is just which version are you going to get on that day? Because I think – depending on the version of the team that shows up, I think the best version of themselves can beat anybody, anybody in this league. I think they have the ability to do it when the best version shows up. The problem is which version are you going to get? If they iron out those issues and they can get that sort of consistency by the time, you know, the playoffs roll around, I think they absolutely can beat the saints. I think they absolutely can beat the 49ers. I think on given on a day, because I think in structure in a lot of ways, they're similar to Baltimore who just beat New England, I think on their very best day, they could beat New England. I would not pick them to beat New England. I think the very best version of this Cowboys team could do it, though. You could say that about any team, Bobby. (laughs) Well, I mean, of course, the Jets beat the Cowboys. But I I mean, I think it's more within the realm of possibility that the Cowboys can be the best version of themselves on a Sunday than the Jets can. I want to believe that this team is capable of everything that you've just said. Mm -hmm. The problem is they haven't shown me enough consistency to lead me to believe that. Sure, but I mean, we talk about, you know, can they hang with, you know, a team like the Saints? Can they hang with a team like the Packers? The Saints got manhandled early in the year against a Rams team that has had their own struggles. You look at the Packers who just got, you know, their butts handed to them by the Chargers and, and we're making excuses about it. The, the only teams right now that you can really say are uh, almost across the board consistent are San Francisco and New England. And maybe that ends up being the Super Bowl. But, you know, we've, we've talked about this a couple weeks ago, the most consistent predictive statistic for playoff success and long-term success is Nerd that alert. is that point differential and so far this year it's new england one san francisco two dallas three dallas is they've lost close games they've won in blowout fashion okay so but that is with a team that is relatively healthy right now mm-hmm. we've seen that they've struggled when they've lost pieces of the offensive line when they've lost some of their wide receivers do you still think that this team is capable of beating a Saints or a 49ers team if they lose some of those pieces heading into the postseason? I think if they lose a piece, 
you know, I, I think that's the problem is that when we've seen them lose pieces and we've seen them struggle, it's it's always been terrible luck and it's never been one guy. It's always been you're missing two tackles and two receivers or, you know, when Ezekiel Elliott gets suspended, oh, at the same time, Sean Lee gets hurt and Tyron right. Smith gets hurt. And they're always missing group. When you look at just a single guy that they lose, like last night, they lose Leighton Vander Esch and Sean Lee steps up and, you know, plays one of the best games he's played in the last three years and kind of turns back the clock and, you, they really clamped down on Saquon Barkley. You didn't miss Leighton Vander Esch on Monday night. And I think some of that is, is you know, as 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 much as we saw, I, I, it was hard watching Sean Lee go through what he went through last year. Leighton Vander Esch, the rookie, stepping up, a, sort of taking the the job over a, a guy that, when Sean Lee was hurt, this team had a losing record, and then all mm-hmm. of a sudden Leighton Vander Esch is able to step in, and this team is winning without him. The way that he came back to this team, restructured his contract, and he's sort of been able to – this is a guy that's had a history of injury. They've been able to rest him in ways where he is a lot more fresh when he's out there on the football field. I found myself celebrating Sean Lee's success last night yeah. when you look at what he was able to accomplish. I mean, the, go, going through it, all, 12 combined yeah. tackles in that game, a tackle for loss and a pass breakup. But I think more importantly, what they were able to do with Saquon Barkley – yeah, no, I, I think that, I mean, Jalen Smith also had 12 tackles, but I think the bigger thing was what Sean Lee did and and stepping in there because, you know, so frequently when they were in that position, as you just said, when Sean Lee was out, they couldn't stop anybody. And so I think the concern had been if you lose Leighton Vander Esch and now you have an older Sean Lee, is Saquon Barkley just going to run over this defense? And Sean Lee made sure that didn't happen. Sean Lee came ready to play last night. It's funny, you know, we talked last week. Flying around the ball. Yeah, absolutely. And we talked last week about, you know, Robert Quinn and Demarcus Lawrence saying, like, you know, this is competition for us. This is going to drive us. We love Michael Bennett's here, but, hey, this is a a competition among our room, too. It's almost like you saw Sean Lee internalize some of that a little bit. Like, you know, here's the opportunity, potentially, to kind of work your way back in that a guy like Tony Romo never got. What's your legacy going to be, Yeah, exactly. You know, he's seen – he's seen – so many teammates kind of fade off, you know, here in the last couple of years in Romo. Uh, DeMarco Murray goes off, does his whole thing, his old John partner back at practice. Uh, you know, he sees Des Bryant, uh, you know, have his struggles here in Dallas near the end of his contract. And I think that he viewed that last night as an opportunity to let's rewrite this a little bit. And, and even if I'm not going to get this starting job back, let me remind people that I can play. I think the interesting thing, though, is not just that it was Sean Lee. It's funny that it was, you know, kind of retro night on Monday Night Football that we saw, you know, the the new toy, Michael Bennett, but who played a lot similarly to the way he had played in Seattle. I mean, that was exciting. You look at what Michael Bennett, Robert Quinn, and Demarcus Lawrence were all able to do when they were out there on the field. Uh, you know, it kind of turned back the clock a little bit, makes you go, okay, maybe this is exactly what – Maybe it was a scheme fit issue, as you know, Doug Hendrickson had told us a couple weeks ago that he needed to get back in this Chris Richard defense and he was going to come out here and ball out because it certainly looked like it. He was giving them hell, uh, and I think he played fewer than 50% of the snaps, and he was still out there uh, wreaking havoc. And then you had Jason Witten. You know, I know it was Blake Jarwin with the big 42-yard touchdown, but you had Jason Witten with eight receptions, moving chains, uh, you know, being old reliable. And, and my favorite stat, as I told you today, Next-gen stats, I just happened to look it up. Jason Witten leads this team right now in average yards of separation per target, which is unreal. He's, got, he's averaging three and a half yards of separation from the defender, which, you know, people talk about he's 37, 38 years old, and, you know, you, he's not going to be able to do it anymore. Well, he's, he's, you know, doing just fine against these defenses, but it was. What's his target ratio, though, compared to some of the other receivers on the team? 
Uh, I mean, he's still – he, I believe, led the team on Monday night in targets. I mean, he's still – the only thing is it's the depth of target. He's not running things deep down the field. Even with his eight catches last night, his longest was 12 yards, I See, think. I got I to gotta, I gotta make sure we're not no, manipulating no, 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 these no, stats no, no, here, no, Bobby no, no, Bell. The, the targets are there. And, and to be fair, and it's like I told you, the biggest reason for that – disparity on the is likely because you see how frequently they run the play action and boot and he rolls out and Witten's just wide Look, open I'm not taking flat. anything away from I think Jason Witten has far exceeded everybody's expectations yeah you know, the guy takes a year away from football I love that he had the performance that he did in New York on Monday Night Football with his former you know teammates on the broadcast he just never quite fit into that role and I, you know he's one of those guys that you know if he, you hear him talk about his background, his college career, coming in here as a Dallas Cowboys player. He always willed himself into these positions. He worked hard to be successful. And, you know, the broadcasting thing, I think sometimes people take for granted how hard it can be, especially when you're on the Monday Night Football crew. And I feel like the way they set him up, it didn't lend itself to success. So I, I appreciated the fact that he was able to Prove that at his core and at his heart, he is, in fact, a football player. And like I said, has far exceeded expectations this year. And I know you and I off the line had this conversation about, but look, let's look at Blake Jarwin, Mm -hmm. Blake Jarwin's development, you know, six touchdowns so far, five of those against NFC opponents, uh, NFC East opponents. He said, what, four Mm-hmm. With the Giants, one against the Eagles. No, five, five against the Giants, one against the Eagles. All of his touchdowns so are against all the, the NFC East. So, I mean, this guy's becomes a reliable target for you, but I would argue that there are things that Jason Witten does well on the field that lend itself to Blake Jarwin having that success. But I think the biggest thing is having Jason Witten back, you have a guy that gives you that Y option that is an outstanding blocker for you, but you're also allowing this kid, Blake Jarwin, to start developing behind him and we're finally seeing Witten come off the field where we never saw him coming off the field before because there were no viable backs behind him. I mean, we saw flashes from Gavin Escobar. Gavin Escobar, Martellus Bennett, and yeah, uh, you know, Anthony Fasano, guys over the years, but none of them who could ever I always forget Fasano played. Yeah, him. yeah. And uh, Scott Chandler, who ended up going to Buffalo and having a good career. There, there have been guys that have left here and had good careers. They've just always mismanaged those guys behind him. And it doesn't look like they're doing it this time. Well, and it felt like there was always a deference a deference to Jason sure. Witten, the hardest working guy, the guy that's in the building earliest, the guy that leaves late. Uh, but I don't know if I'd I, I don't know if I'd give Blake Jarwin any more playing time than what he is necessarily getting now. I think you can you continue to let him grow behind Jason Witten and you finally have found what seems like the heir apparent when Jason Witten decides to leave the field. And I don't see that happening at the end of this year. I think he's definitely back for another year after this one. Don't you? I, I think that's incredibly likely, I guess. I, I, I would say it's likely because I think, yeah, I mean, unless they win. If they go and they win the Super Bowl, I think he just he says, okay, that's it. I got I, I came back for what I needed. But uh, I, I think that, yeah, there's a definite possibility that he's you know, he back for another. He still looks so fresh to me. It's fascinating. He does. He's, he's, he looks rejuvenated. There's no doubt about it. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. 
Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's it. gonna guard. He don't care about guarding. He's gonna guard. He's gonna exactly. guard. Like you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's gonna guard. And then on I'm top of it, like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college? Because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. All right. I am joined by one of my favorite beat writers from the Fort Worth Star-Telegram, Mr. Clarence Hill Jr. Welcome to the show. How are you doing, Jay? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I don't have much sleep. We got beef. We, we got, got beef? beef. Why? Because you tried to out me last week. You tried You tried to side with the team and the reporters. <laughs> it was a sensitive time. It was a sensitive moment. For our uh, <laughs> listeners that are not familiar, Antoine Woods and uh, Tristan Hill got booted from practice last week because they were late. And I was having a little bit of fun by calling Clarence Hill and some of the beat writers traitors because they put it out there on the Twitter space. Come on. You know Antoine Woods was playing with you. I respected the fact that he answered all y'all's questions. I told him, just fall on the sword, man. Listen, it's not a big deal. The problem here is that they don't always get it. You know, and so he, he you no, know, initially he thought I was being a traitor. That's why he called me over there. He thought He's I was so like. sensitive. Huh? You're so sensitive. I'm not sensitive. I'm okay. I've been doing this for 22 years. <laughs> but I don't need you throwing fuel on the fire when it's already raging. Right. Yeah. So no, we've yeah. got we've I, got beef. Do you I think we've I think got beef? It was do, raging. Do you not? Do, do we? If we're, we're going to address beef, do you want to talk about why I can't talk to one of my sources in the building because you outed me? They out your sources in the building. That's not true. <laughs> Come on, man. What are you talking about? Walk off a few years ago. I asked a question and I referenced a person that had talked to me about it, and you're like, you can't reference that person. And then that person got chewed out, and then I got it next. What? <laughs> I was saying you can't reference that person in public. So you want to talk about? So you want to talk? So you want to talk about calling people I, out, Clarence? I, I, I was looking out for her, <laughs> just very publicly. She so, said it publicly. So essentially doing the same. So essentially doing the same thing. No, 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 no. You weren't looking out for me. You were looking out for Antoine. So. Oh come on. It's okay. I'm just. Saying. I'm a player's it's, reporter. It's, it's easy, you know. We're and we're talking about that. It's easy to be nice to Antoine though, because Antoine's like such a jovial guy. And it is one of those things where, you know, you, you can, I, I'm guessing he kind of felt like, come on, haven't I been do some grace now talking to y'all? Like, y'all just could have not meant. But, you know, it, it, is, it is funny that well, you get guys that are. Well, you know, and, and to me, sometimes guys don't get it. And, and 
you know, and me and Antoine have a great relationship dating back when he first got here because I know he was the Keyshawn Johnson Clyde. I know some of the people that he worked with way back in the day before he moved over to Drew Rosenhaus. And so I was one of the first people talking to him when he came into the locker room just because of that connection. And then, you know, USC Texas, and we talked football. We've just been talking, and, you know, that's my guy. And he thought that I betrayed, you know, like, why didn't you come to me first? I said, well, Jason said it. Oh, you outed Jason? Well, Jason, Jason wanted to be outed. Jason said it, and there were like four different reporters that reported yeah, we, it. It we, wasn't we just We all Clarence. reported it, right. Jason said it in the walk-off. Jason said, you know, and, and to me it was like it was funny because and it was it, it's really a salient point because you had this, you I, had To no, build no, the no. curtain back real quick, though, for the, for the listeners, when Jason does these walk-offs, sometimes I don't know what's on the record or what's not on the I, record. I agree. Sometimes it, it, it's it, very I, confusing. That it source is, is not it, on the record. It, 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 it is confusing, <laughs> but I, I really think Jason made a point. You know, they're coming off the bye week, and, you know, it's all this stuff about, you know, momentum, and two guys show up late, mm-hmm. okay, from the bye week, and you're trying to set the right tone. Jason volunteered the information. I sent them home. And, you know, many times when Jason tells us something in the bye week or in the walk-off and he doesn't want to die, I mean, it could be anything, innocent stuff. Like like a couple of years ago, you talked about, you know, the championship belt that he got it from uh, Suleiman uh, from oh, whatever. Yeah. He didn't want us to say that. Why, Which was so do, random. We're so random. Why can't we say that? It's not even a big deal. No one cares. But he did not make a point to say, don't say that. Look, and I get and, and, it. Also sends the message that he's con- in control of the locker right. room. He's holding his players accountable. So, so I, so I, I really know, and he knows. He knows what he's saying. He knew we were going to report that, and he wanted to say I sent them home. But I thought the more egregious situation was Tristan Hill. Oh, there's no I doubt. mean, falling asleep it's, in a meeting when when who was who was talking? Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah. Yeah, it's like, what, come what, on, what, man. What, what, this is a guy that's not, that's not producing on the football well, field or I, living up to the standards of Rod Marinelli. And, and I'm, I'm curious for your thoughts on this. So do you think, in terms of talking about Antoine, Antoine felt a little offended, obviously. Like, I've never been late. I'm a good guy. Like, he was a little See, annoyed I that I got take it as him being I, upset, I'm though, one, Oh, he was upset. Really? I'm, yeah, he, you, you got there late. He was upset. Then I'm I one, apologize we had a, we had if a I got you in trouble. We had a one-on-one outside the locker room before that. It was just it was calming down at that point <laughs> when you was raging it back up. I, I'm, I'm wondering. <laughs> Clarence and I have a lot of fun goading each other in the locker room because sometimes I'll say something dumb and he says a lot of things dumb when we're asking questions to reporters. No, and we love to very publicly call each other out. No, I do I, I, I do wonder, do you think that was an issue where Jason, the, the priority there was he wanted to call out Tristan Hill. And he just, you know, he didn't want to make Tristan Hill feel so isolated. So he did go ahead and also reveal that Antoine was also no. set Because it was interesting to me that Antoine did talk to us, sought out the media, talked to everybody. Tristan Hill declined comments, apparently, when they asked him about it. Which is do, not do smart when you consider the knocks on him well, in college well, in the scouting yeah. report. Well, well, and, and, that Jason was not thinking about anybody. He was making a point for the entire team. And, mm-hmm. and Antoine Woods was late. He should have been fined. Mm-hmm. He should have been sent home. Because it's the wrong message to be sent, whether the starter or Tristan Hill. The problem with Tristan Hill is you've done nothing on the field. Mm-hmm. You get no grace. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then you've been immature and doing and, and not really. And last week, Marinelli told me he had regressed. He had been regressing. You know, especially coming mm-hmm. when he was down. So and Marinelli so, doesn't kick his guys under the bus either. Well, he's but he's, but he's honest. Well, but that's guy, my he point. He was honest too. That was Taco Charles. But, but, right. but, but he's honest, and he's he said he's regressing, and so the final day 
during the Bible, before you let go, you fall asleep in a meeting. You embarrass the team. Isaiah Thomas calls mm-hmm. you out and wakes you up, mm-hmm. embarrasses the team. So four days later, you come back, and instead of heating that wake-up call, that proverbial wake-up call, you come back late? Mm-hmm. You come back late? And come you've had on. so many opportunities to have a starting role well, this year. Th- there's opportunities there. One reason why they had to go get – Michael Bennett, right. and we need to transition to this game, you know, because it's right. all last week's issues. But uh, one reason I had to go get Michael Bennett was for that interior pass rush that you're not bringing. You know, you 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 played in four games, you got one tackle, one tackle in four games. And what's crazy is we addressed this on our podcast. You had all of those safeties Mont when you picked Thornhill Tristan Hill. Great in Kansas City right, right now. Right, right. <laughs> he, he started every game, so you know it, it, it's a shame. You know, and then one one thing we've learned, and we love Rod. Mm-hmm. We love Rod, right? We love Rod. I love Rod. Get him out the draft room. Get him out the draft room. Do not let Rod He likes projects. I feel like his approach to his players is my approach to dating, Clarence. Well, <laughs> we well, love projects. Well, and, as, he, okay, and as Rod fine. and I can attest, not all those projects have worked well, that's, out. That's fine, but not at the top of the draft. <laughs> Get your projects late. Get your Joe Jackson's late. Do not, when it's first and second round picks, you, you're out the room. You have no voice. Okay, we don't do projects early. We no, do projects late. No, we want white door <laughs> delivery service. We don't want an IKEA project. No, no, you early in the draft, first and second round. You need guys that are ready to come in and play. They, I feel like they just had this spiritual connection. You know, they no. connected on Tristan's birthday in the lobby of that hotel, and I felt Rod felt like he wasn't utilized Get in college, and he wanted to, he wanted to save him. But trust me, ladies and gentlemen. Don't save them. Some of these people don't want to be saved. They don't want to be saved. I know you, the words that song. You want to don't save them. Or as, or as Maya Angelou said, or Yella Van Zandt, with a when someone shows you who they are the first time, believe, believe them. them. Okay, yeah. Tristan Hill showed you who he was in college, as far as maturity and doing all this. The reason why he didn't start his last year. Well, let's talk about the Cowboys. Have they showed us who they are? Clarence. That's the question. That's something that, you know, we, we worried about going into that Giants game. You know, they're three and three. They beat the bad teams, but they beat the good teams. I mean, this is another bad team they beat, right? I mean, right? I think <laughs> they were confusing. I, 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 well, it's not confusing. They beat the bad teams. Well, let me ask they you this. Do you think team. that they have talented players on this team? Yeah, there's no question they have talented players on this team. The, the, the troublesome part is why do they start slow, still start slow? You know, you and that was a slow start against the Giants. There was like, there was, you know, not a lot of energy. They looked listless at times, and, 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 and I don't understand it. But, you know, give them credit, even in the losses, they never quit. They always come back. They that's one thing they've done on a Jason. They just have started slow, but they always finish strong. And I think that we'll learn everything we need to know about the Cowboys in November, the next few weeks in November. When you look at that game that they played last night, and I actually heard this being discussed on local radio earlier today, and I thought it was an interesting point. Do you think that if the Cowboys don't come away with a touchdown on that drive where Blake Jarwin has the big catch and run, I mean, they obviously won by 19, and you can't say that was the difference. But, I mean, if they don't score a touchdown on that drive, do you think they have the momentum going into the locker room to pull out that game in the second half? I mean, I, I, I think that, I, I think that, I mean the defense shut them down in the second half. I, I I think that they could have. I mean, to me, Amari Cooper coming back and being on the field made a huge difference for that team and in this offense. And it's and again, I w- I would say that if Amari Cooper plays against the Jets, they win that game. He makes such a difference for them. But you know, 
and that's what we do around here. We should nitpick the Cowboys and, and, and everything else, and it's an ugly win. But it how, was 18 points? 19 points, 19 yeah. Points. It's just I we're, feel like the expectations are so high for the Cowboys, but I, I think I, our expectations for the team this year in general were so high. So I feel like that's why if, we put them under a microscope. If, if I told you before the game they're going to win by 19 points, you would say that that's, that's a blowout. Yeah, that's going away. But it still didn't feel like it. None of these games this year have really felt like they've that this, they've been the, the dominant team. The Eagles game did. Yeah, that was the and, only one this year. I understand that, but now just let's look at let's because we like everybody likes to be numbers guys. I know you're a numbers. Oh, guy, he's right? Mr. Numbers, <laughs> numbers guy. Right? I am numbers guy. Back to back games with 37 points. Yep. Back to back games with 400 yards offense. I mean, it just doesn't feel it. like it. I know it doesn't feel like it because we just want them to just. Road grade everybody from the beginning. Right. But outside of the miscues, and you had that unfortunate fumble, uh, the interception that would, I think this linebacker was in the right play on the first play of the game. Tony Pollard, you know, inexplicably catching that opening kickoff out of bounds and whatever else. It just, it just was ugly. The holding calls. But they dominated. Even when they were losing, the yardage. They Shutting down being, Saquon Barkley. I mean, the way they, they were did. not being stopped. Okay, and, and after the game, Zeke said that was the easiest 140 yards, 139 yards I've ever had. And he wasn't really trying to diss them, but it was easy. If you watched the game, the plays of the game, the Cowboys were chewing up yards. You know, you got the missed field goal. You got, I mean, some things happened, but they were the dominant team. And you look at all the weapons that they have. I mean, I look at all of the, the scoring threats they have. You've got Blake Jarwin, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, Randall Cobb. I mean, Randall Cobb almost had one had it not been called back last night. You left out one. Jason Witten. Jason Witten was my next one. But I'm going down the list. And I'm like, <laughs> yes, he's, he's rough. This is why I never asked you to do this show with me, Clarence. <laughs> this, we, this, 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 this no, work listen, marriage would have ended listen, in divorce listen, after one podcast. We're having fun. <laughs> and I, and listen, I love Jason Witten, but he does not take that play to the end zone. No, if you're talking about the Blake Jarwin. <laughs> yes, I'm No, he doesn't make the Blake Jarwin play. Oh, my God. I mean, that was just – and that's what you need. And so you need to see him on the field and get those opportunities because that, you know, that, that adds more firepower to the offense. But it's nice having a guy like Jason Witten out there still while you're developing this young kid behind no, him. No, you know, it's, it, we're finally seeing Jason come off the field listen, and develop an heir apparent behind him without listen, all the pressure. Listen, after the touchdown, before the field goal, third and six, what are they going to do? Throw the bottle, Jason. Gets the field goal range. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tony Romo. He's still old reliable. He is. I mean, he's still, he's still good for his nine catches at seven and a half I mean, yards per reception. And he, I think he led him in catches. He had six or seven. Eight, eight, eight catches, catches last night. Led both teams. It's crazy. Well, we were talking about this earlier, too. It, it felt like it was a bunch of old dogs, old tricks. Sean Lee, Michael Bennett, Jason Witten, all stepping up. You brought up Michael Bennett. Speaking what? of guys that haven't talked. <laughs> he hasn't talked. And, 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 you know, it's funny. For us, he hasn't talked. But he showed a lot with his play last right. night. Yeah. You know, one thing that I thought, you know, last week, and we, we love Tyron Crawford. We love his passion. Mm-hmm. love his versatility. But Michael Bennett has been a better player throughout his career. 100%. So you get a replacement that's an upgrade. An upgrade. He's, you know, you – and you're I mean, not locked in. You didn't have to give up a lot for him. No, you didn't I give mean, up a lot, was... but, but forget all the future and give right. up. Because I would – let's be honest. He, the way he's played, if he could take the play like that, he's worth way more than a seventh-round pick. 100%. <laughs> you know, and, and it's getting and right Remember, now, it can go to a six. Okay. So. <laughs> Listen, he's probably worth about a three, you know. 
considering what you're getting for your threes and four, well, you know, what you're getting from your threes and fours. But, but I mean, a sack, two tackles for losses, uh, four quarterback hits. You know, you take away the, the you know, he, and he's going to be offsides. He, you know, he, he's done that Seattle field. I mean, that's what he does. But this guy is a makes a major impact for that defense. And so if you add him to Demarcus Lawrence, and you know, they talked last week about them competing for sacks. Well, which I, I think, loved. I, I think, loved hearing I, that. I think they're dobbers up because they know this guy's going to bring it, and we need to bring it too. And, and and Demarcus had a great game, you know, and 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 you know, you what you're going to get from Robert Quinn and Malik Collins. Everybody was eating last night. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. I'm not guarding like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. As we get near the end of this here, when you look at, we talk about what's the Cowboys' identity, and we say they're just so inconsistent, we haven't been able to figure out their identity yet. I mean, I think everybody can, at this point, say that is the identity. It's inconsistency, because when you look at self-inflicted wounds, things they're doing to themselves, if those are eliminated, you can make a strong argument they're 8-0 at this point, that they haven't really been beat straight up by another team outside of their own errors that put other teams in positions to beat them. It's now, just obviously the quality of, of opponents. It's, it's the quality <laughs> of opponents. But, I mean, you got to think there's Saints and Packers in there, too, that they were within striking distance Fair. to beat. So to say, well, let's, let's, is, is that a fix? There's an encouraging aspect to that to say they just got to clean up their own house and they can take care of it. But is that is there a discouraging aspect to that, too, that says that's really tough to clean up in the middle of the season? Well, that's stuff it, that should have been cleaned up in training camp. Well, no, I just think that, that – I mean, I think you could say they cleaned it up against the Eagles. I mean, I think it's a game-by-game situation. I think that, that the beauty of this season is I don't think there's a perfect team. You, you, Agreed. You saw, I mean, look, you saw the Patriots you, flawed. Well, you saw – they are – I mean, who they played. Let's, let's be honest. Who they played. Right. You know, that defense was, was great. And that's what kills me about it, especially early season stats and going to the Eagles game. The Eagles had the number two rushing defense in the league. But who had they played? Zeke carved them up. They hadn't played anybody. And the, and the Patriots had this great rushing defense. But who they played, they could run the ball. 
I think probably the only consistent team. I, you know, I want to look at the Saints, the fact that what they've been able to overcome in the absence of Drew Brees without Alvin Kamara, that to me feels like the team to beat right now. Yeah, no, the, the Saints are, but, but I want to say that they are, the, the, they played the best. And, you know, the funny thing is. But we we've seen even, the Saints go on a roll, remember? Right, we haven't even talked about the 49ers. Right, you know, we're the only perfect team left in the <laughs> well, league. Only perfect team left in the league, but but I, I just think that they're they're everybody has their own issues. Is what I'm saying about the Cowboys. And yeah, if they get things right, and you know they have the playmakers, and if Amari Cooper's on the field, if he can stay healthy, you know this team is explosive. They can challenge anybody. Well, and I just keep referencing what the Eagles overcame the year they won the Super Bowl. I mean, I I believe the Cowboys have the talent to do it. I feel like they've got the quarterback to get it done. I still believe in this coaching staff. I know a lot of people don't believe in Jason Garrett. So I still believe in this coaching staff, but I, I think what is maddening is the fact that these self-inflicted wounds. <laughs> oh, no, it is. But, but again, clean those up and, 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 and let's see. And, and the self-inflicted wounds, we know Dak that, that is not a turnover-prone quarterback, you know, but things have happened. Uh, the, the penalties, I mean, I think at this point, let's, let's assume that Tyron Smith is going to get a penalty every now and then. I mean, that's just what it is. It's been that way for a couple of years now. They're going to call him for holding. All right, so look ahead, Minnesota. How big is this game if we're trying to figure out if these guys are pretenders or contenders? Well, Six and three teams. I think the thing is that's what Minnesota's trying to find out who they are. You know, who is Minnesota? How good are they? Are good, good thing for the Cowboys? Adam Thielen is not going to play. So, but you got Minnesota, you got Detroit, who I think is a dangerous team, but you know they, they have their own issues. Uh, New England, Buffalo, the Bears, and Bears aren't the team we thought they were. I still think Eagles is going to be tough up there at the land. Oh, is it? It's yeah. Be tough, but if it, but if they take care of business here, I, I think that. The, the scary part of the Bears game that I thought before the season is not so scary anymore. Okay, so you you should be able to put that one in the in the basket, you know, if if you if you do what you're supposed to do. But take care of these guys at home. You got to take care of the Detroit's and the Vikings at home, you know. And then we'll see what you have with New England and and go from there. But uh, the Cowboys should win the division. They they should win the division. But the thing is, I I will go back to you know it's a midway point in the season. The Jets lost is so unforgivable. You win that game, you're six and two, and now you're really in the thick of playoff positioning and and having a chance to really battle for home field advantage. What you can't do, what you know was so important was they came into the season wanted to have home field advantage to really have their best chance of advancing in the playoffs. They are a maddening team to cover. They are a maddening team to follow. Just ask my father, a lifelong <laughs> Cowboys fan. You are a maddening friend to have, but I absolutely love you and I appreciate you jumping on the show, Clarence, especially. <laughs> when you haven't had much sleep, given your quick turnaround from New York to get back up here to the facility. So we appreciate you. It's all Longhorn love. Bill. Come so it's Longhorn. And where can fans follow you, Clarence? Oh, Clarence Hill Jr. Clarence Hill Jr. on Twitter and Chill NFL on uh, IG. And uh, Clarence Hill Jr. again on my Facebook media page. He's everywhere, folks. And we appreciate you being on this one. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. And that concludes yet another edition of the Boys and Girl Podcast. We appreciate Clarence Hill Jr. jumping on here and helping out with the show. And uh, a lot of insight into this one. Looking ahead to this next game again, as we said, will this game against the Minnesota Vikings set them apart? We'll preview that one on the next. I told Rosie to go down and unchain him and get him out on the field. (laughs) This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, 
every time or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.